Reading from the 18th chapter of 1 Kings, beginning with the 20th verse. So Ahab sent to all the Israelites and assembled the prophets at Mount Carmel. Elijah then came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping with two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal is God, then follow Him. The people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets number 450. Let two bulls be given to us. Let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire is indeed God. All the people answered, Well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first, for you are many. Then call on the name of your God, but put no fire to it. So they took the bull that was given them prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, crying, O Baal, answer us! But there was no voice and no answer. They limped about the altar that they had made. At noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud! Surely he is a god! Either he is meditating, or he has wandered away, or he is on a journey. Or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. Then they cried aloud, as was their custom. They cut themselves with swords and lances until the blood gushed out over them. As midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation. But there was no voice, no answer, and no response. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come closer to me. And all the people came closer to him. First he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. Then he made a trench around the altar, large enough to contain two measures of seed. Next, he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood. He said, fill four jars with water, and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And again he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time so that the water ran all around the altar and filled the trench also with water. At the time of the offering of the oblation, the prophet Elijah came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that You are God in Israel, that I am Your servant, and that I have done all these things at Your bidding. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so that this people may know that You, O Lord, are God, and that You have turned their hearts back. 
Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, the dust, and even licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord indeed is God. The Lord indeed is God. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So your title this week is Idle Threats. I-D-O-L-E. Does anybody know a different way to spell the word idle? I-D-L-E, right? Now if you're idle, I-D-L-E, that means you're meaningless, you're pointless, you're without service, and you're not accomplishing much of anything. (laughs) Anybody want to sign up to be idle? Just curious. Now, some folks who've worked their whole lives think that's how they think about retirement years, but those of you who have retired are quickly finding out that is not what retirement years look like, right? And what you're finding is that even in your retirement years, you still long for meaning, right? Teachers, you're about to get out of school. It's okay, you can say yay. Some of you might take summer jobs doing stuff. Some of you might not. Marie's shaking her head. She's, I ain't doing nothing. But you won't be idle though, right? You'll fill your life with things that are meaningful. Idle threats. You've heard that word, that phrase before. That's like when somebody says, I don't want to hurt you, but it's on the list. That's funny. Y'all can laugh. I don't want to hurt you, but it's on the list. Samantha says it's not funny. What's another idle threat you've heard before? Somebody said, if you don't stop that, I'm going to leave. <laughs> and they never leave. And sometimes you just want them to leave, and they won't leave. Some people threaten to leave and they just won't go. Those are idle threats. Those are threats that mean nothing. They're like, we say, if you keep doing that, I'm gonna, right? I know for certain that at one point or two, maybe three, I was told I was gonna die when I was a kid. Here I am. (laughs) It was an idle threat, an I-D-L-E threat. It was a meaningless, pointless threat. It was only meant to express a frustration. And usually when those kind of threats come, that's how they come. Like, you know, one... You know, somebody, one t- you know, 90-pound, little, four-foot-tall person told me they were going to beat me one time. Pack a lunch, man. <laughs> Not going to happen. Idle threats. And those kind of threats, they just seem floaty. They seem meaningless. They kind of hover above us and go over our heads because they don't really seem like anything that could actually happen. But here's the thing. An I-D-O-L threat is a deeply real problem. And here's why. Because an idle threat can cause you to be I-D-L-E. That's what had happened to Israel. The northern kingdom, the ten tribes, they've fallen into sin. They've fallen into hurt. They're being led by a guy who was characterized as the worst one yet, God said. He was worse than all the kings that came before him. He married Jezebel. Now, if you don't know anything about the Bible, you know Jezebel is not the person you should have married, right? You've heard Rod Stewart sing about her being a mean old Jezebel. Jezebel married. And Jezebel convinced him to worship a different God. To worship Baal. And Baal, get this, was the God of thunder and wind and rain. And he was a rider on the clouds. He was the one who brought rain. Guess what? There's a three-year drought because they're following an idol God. I-D-O-L-E. They've entered into a time of idleness. I-D-L-E. Because they've given themselves to a false God. I hate to say it, but America has some false gods these days. Do you know that? 
Our strength for one? Why do we persist in having to be the best country in the world? Why do we think that has to be? Why can't we be a servant to the world? Why couldn't we claim for ourselves the country that serves the rest of the world instead of wanting to be the country that dominates the world? What would be different if our leaders spoke about us that way? I wonder if our whole communities might be different. Our strength is an idol for us. Our wealth is an idol for us. Sex has become an idol for us. We think that we deserve things that we don't deserve. There are all sorts of things that we have made into idols. And we're chasing after things that make us idle. They make us pointless. They make us meaningless. An idle threat, an IDOL threat, is a threat to our lives. When we make anything an idol, it threatens our very existence. That's what happened to the children of Israel. They started chasing after a false god, and so God could show them that that god was false. God sent a drought to them to see if the false Canaanite god Baal would bring rain. And there was no rain. And so Elijah is sent to confront the prophets of Baal. It would have been enough for him to put the two burnt offerings out, right? Put some wood out, put a stone, call down fire from God, and God burns up Elijah's offering, but not theirs. Surely that would have been enough. But Elijah decided to pour out hundreds and hundreds of gallons of water on the ground in a time when there was no drought when there was a drought and there was no water. To prove His devotion to God. To show the difference between a God who can bring water and a God who can burn water up. A God who truly brings water. The God of Israel. The God who can water our dry and barren lives. When we fall prey to idol threats, I-D-O-L, when we start giving our lives to things that don't matter, that's why God said, I'm a jealous God. Don't have idols. Because God wants to matter to us and God wants us to know that we matter to God. And when we give our hearts and our minds to other things that compete with God for our affections and our love, we find ourselves being idle. I-D-L-E. Our lives become meaningless and pointless. They become self-interested and we float through life wondering why nobody likes me. Why am I so miserable? And I would say that nine times out of ten it's because we're chasing after things other than the living God. We're filling our lives with things that don't matter. Elijah poured all that water out on the ground in a time of drought to show his devotion to God, and then he called on God to answer him. I want you to hear Elijah's prayer again. He said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant, that I have done all these things at your bidding. His first prayer is that his nation would be reminded who the true living God is so that they could turn from that God and turn back to the living God. Turn away from the false idol to the true and living God and have life again. And then He said, Answer me, so this people may know that You, O Lord, are God, and that You have turned their hearts 
back. I said a lot earlier about peace and about war and about the sinfulness of it. And you might ask, what in the world can we do about it? I think we can join Elijah in that prayer and say, turn the hearts of our leaders to you. Turn the heart of our nation to life. Turn the heart of our nation to a living God instead of the false gods of strength and wealth and prosperity and all the other things that we're chasing after instead of chasing the peace and life of God. I think that would get us somewhere. I think it might bring us to a place of renewal and peace. I think it might keep us from thinking so highly of ourselves. I think it might bring us to be God's instrument in the world again. To honor the true and living God. Idols are threats. And any time we give our affections to anything other than the living God, we fall under the threat of death and a meaningless and pointless existence. Let us learn the lesson that Elijah teaches and pour out our whole devotion, our whole heart to the living God of Israel. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.